Are you trying to do it all and do it all flawlessly? Break away from the cult of perfection with best-selling author and founder of Girls Who Code, Reshma Sajani, on her podcast, Brave, Not Perfect. Each week, Reshma explores ways we can be braver in our everyday lives because bravery is a habit that you form. She'll help you build that muscle so when it really matters, you're ready to take on life's challenges. Tune in and subscribe to the Brave Not Perfect podcast wherever you're listening right now. Fidelity Investments is looking for talented people, people who love helping others, people eager to start a career in financial services. Sounds like you? As a customer relationship advocate, you'll be the voice of Fidelity. You'll learn alongside other resourceful, friendly associates, all working to achieve clients' financial goals. Learn more about the opportunities at customeradvocate.fidelitycareers.com. Fidelity Investments is an equal opportunity employer. Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I see you move. I'm checking your smile. Working your back like it's going out of style. Shake just a little bit faster. Shake now a little more, girl. <laughs> your face. Your face is literally the best part of these songs. <laughs> um, okay. Um, shout out to John Stevens, aka the legend that is John Legend. He is. He got. He got. We stand. We do. Uh, praise the Lord, niggas. Welcome back to Getting Grown with Jade and Kia. I'm Kia. I am Jade. And we are back to talk about the scam that is adulting. The good, the bad, the ugly, the tested trials, the twisted turns, the temptations, and the taxes of being a real life adult in the year of our Lord, 2019. Mm. Mm -mm. What's cracking? Oh, sis, you know, I think I just... Yes, I'm, I'm tired. It's been a busy day, but it's been a fulfilling day. Absolutely. I was just telling sis that Noah's first day of school was today. Mm -hmm. So y'all mm -hmm. are going to get these good old back to school pictures because that's what we got to do as cliche mothers. Does she wear a uniform? She does not. Okay. She goes to a school of freedom. So they allow mm -hmm. expression of the students. And she is now in the phase where she likes to dress herself. Oh, my. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. well, bud it, budding fashionista. Oh, yeah. She did. Actually, I think she intentionally was trolling her Auntie Kia the other day because she goes, Mommy, can I dress myself? I said, you know what? Why not? So I said, do it. So she, your girl came out in a pair of white jeans. Okay. And I a skirt. What's problem with those? In a skirt. Oh, <laughs> she had a skirt on over the jeans? <clears throat> she did. Yes. A hoodie and a t-shirt as well. My word. All of these clothes. Was it, it cold? It was so many things. It was a little chilly that day. That's why I let her do it because she came out in her outfit. She goes, can I wear this? And I said, you know, the black mother in me was like, hell no. <laughs> but, you know, the new mother in me was like, you know what? Express yourself. It's My not hurting word. anybody. Mm-hmm. What a time. Mm-hmm. So it's back to school season dance you know back to dance season so we got it's like full-blown parent season like 
I'm glad these little niggas are up at the house, though, and I know y'all are, too. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? (laughs) I'm doing okay. Um, You know, just, again, getting... I guess it's low-key back to school season for me, too, just because... Of course. Just because it is, like... You know, September is just kind of like the start of the academic year. And while I don't work at a university proper, our programming calendar kind of, you know, we are really intense. We go really hard in the summertime and August is kind of our month to recalibrate. So Mm -hmm. September, we start to prepare for like conference season, which is coming up in November. So um, Mm -hmm. just kind of getting myself set up to to do some things in the fall. Um, we had our Take staff your vitamins. retreat. Yeah, we had our staff retreat at the end of last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like just a good time to just kind of regroup and recenter and and get a sense of what we're up against as an office mm-hmm. and what I'm up against individually. <laughs> Amen. Um, so yeah, I I mean today was a good day. Just kind of I've been praying for like strategy and strength and and success yes. for the whole squad. Please do. And let's pray on uh, Kia's behalf because she about to be traveling her titties off. And I, I mean, I think I got a little time. I think September is not as intense. OK, things pick up a little bit uh, toward, you know, the you know, when we get closer into October, November. But, you know, it's getting ready. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get ahead of it so that I'm not under the wire. But Oof. you know how these things go. Hmm. Yes, <laughs> um, I do. But I'm trying. I'm trying to 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 do things a little differently this time. And hopefully, you know, I'll make it out with my edges intact. Your edges are always in Texas as well as your cheekbones. So we're going to be good. We're grateful. You're going to be good. Well, with that being said, shall we get into some trash? It's very short this week. All right. I'm actually glad to hear that because I don't know if I could take a lot of trash. All right. I I couldn't, but you, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Okay. Let's do it. All right, the trash is so brief. And I have to, let me just say quickly, the trash, like, I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's this age. I don't know if really there's not really like a lot going on. I'm so disinterested in everything that's happening in pop culture these days. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, I was talking to like some some friends of mine over the weekend mm-hmm. and it was just like they were all engaged in what the blogs and everyone was do, saying and doing it. I can remember a time when I was very much, you know, yes. in the YBF and, you know, trying to figure out who said what and in the comments. And I just am less than concerned these days, like less, I, less and than I was telling them, I was like, you know, when you really, really get into like your business, like your business, like the business that pays you, Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. really, it really just consumes you to the point where it's like, girl, I don't know none of these people or their business. I don't care. Sis. I my tired is tired. Okay, sis, <laughs> I, don't, I just cannot take the like, and then and then especially when we're hearing all kinds of craziness like in the news. News. <sighs> I mean, it's like like we are you know concerned with you know another bitch coming for that Fetty Wap's baby mama. It's like, girl. I don't I just don't, I don't care anymore. I just, I never did, but I just don't. It's like, dang, like y'all are still allowing this nigga to insert your bodies. Well, there's, you know, there's actually a couple of things that maybe, maybe I'm just weary and tired because. (laughs) So if we shall get into it, 
Okay. It, it is it is brief, brief. Okay. Kiki Wyatt is pregnant again. <laughs> oh my God. Is this baby 19? What is Ten. it? Yes. She's baby trying two. to be like baby um, 10. 19 and counting. She's li- she's literally got she's literally pregnant with her tenth child. Is she Amish? <laughs> that was probably maybe. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I can pretty much guarantee you nobody Amish listens to this show. Well, I hope not because I'm sure they are <coughs> readily offended. If they time. do, they ain't supposed to. But uh, I don't. Yeah, no. She she's just it's just fascinating. Ten children in 2019. My uterus literally shudders at the thought. My uterus doesn't even, my uterus will shut down and literally the piano will close. It will pick up its suitcase and say, whoop, time to go. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to go. Kiki Wyatt. I mean, my lands. She's trying to make sure that she's secure in the future. So she's just having babies upon babies, my nigga. It's wild. She's really out here having an offensive line. Dead ass. She's got like, she's got like two starting, I think she's got two starting teams in basketball, maybe. Uh, in the five, <laughs> she's definitely got a three on three, strong three on three, strong three on she three with a, a, with a couple of backups. <laughs> <laughs> my my God, I mean, well, I guess congratulations are in order, sis. Ooh, congratulations, continue to flourish, but you better not have no damn baby shower. Um, <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? Hell it's no. like a baby tsunami at this. Point. I would call and cuss her out. You cannot have a baby shower after like the second baby. You just can't do that. Maybe if the family throws you one for the third, we're gonna let you rock. But like the girls at work can like you know play some games, but they, they're yeah. not gonna buy you nothing major. No, we're not about to be having like multiple like baby showers. Bless That's just heart. not where we at. Gender reveals. The gender reveals exhaust me. I know <laughs> they exhaust my nipples. Oh um, <laughs> will insecure be an hour? I hope I don't, so. I don't know, but Issa's teasing us. She is. And I mean, this is genius marketing on her It part. is. But, um, you know, I, I hope so because, you know, it seems like just when it gets good, it's like 24 minutes is just should be done. Enough. Exactly. <laughs> she knows. It's like 24 to 27 minutes. And I mean, last year, I feel like we're on our way there because last season's episodes were inching. They were upwards of 30 and 40 minutes. About, about 38, you 39 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're on our way somewhere. So we're just going to hold out yeah. for Issa. Um, she know, well, if they're not, then that means she was totally trolling us. And she was like, I told y'all niggas. I told y'all niggas. <laughs> she did. She has been telling us, but I mean, she's still. like, y'all do know this show is not going to be an hour. Shut I up about it. I just feel like anything is possible since we've gotten Trey songs off the power uh, <laughs> theme music. Can I we just like talk about collective feel- coming together? <laughs> collective work and responsibility. It's a Kwanzaa principle. The people came together. Mm-hmm. I mean, with purpose and intention. And they said, yes, we yes. have got to get the trigger out mm-hmm. of here. Coogee Jackalia. I'm with it. Um, and then lastly, I told y'all it was going to be short this week. Oh, wow. Kevin Hart. Oh. Uh, well, for, he, there's a couple of things. So Kevin he's Hart got in an accident. Yes. He's been through some things. He got three spinal fractures. My gracious. But um, he doesn't have a whole lot of sympathy. So uh, right before he got into this accident, well, pe- he, yeah, people don't have a lot of sympathy. They him. don't have a lot of sympathy for Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart, because Kevin Hart has said some problematic things in the past. We all know about, you know, we've all read up on him. And then he was in an interview with Lil Nas X. I believe it was on LeBron show. Yes. The shop, the shop. And the host 
was asking Little Nas X about coming out. And Kevin interrupted him and was like, well, who cares or why does it matter or something along those lines. And he didn't say who cares. He was just like, but why? Why? Why does yeah. it matter? No, and why does it matter? I, well, I didn't get why does it matter. It was just like, well, why? Because he, Little Nas X said, mm-hmm. uh, I guess he was when he was talking about his coming out um, and why he chose to do it when he chose mm-hmm. to do it. He was talking about, I guess, his experience and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever apprehension he had about coming out as a younger, uh, you know, black um Right. Like male and and Kevin was just like you know kind of questioning like why he felt a way about that um, which I know there was different opinions on it some people thought it was dismissive and then and got angry about it they were like well, why you know yeah. and the reason and I can understand why it can be perceived as dismissive um and it's Agreed. it's and, and I think Lil Nas X does a really good job of explaining himself even when he don't have to um, and it is important because this is somebody's experience. This is somebody's experience. And I think that when we don't fully understand other people's experiences, it's not necessarily our job to try to fully understand. I mean, we should, but if you don't understand, there needs to be a certain point in time when you just shut up and respect it because it's not your experience. Agreed. And I mean, while I, I recognized and, and felt like I... I understood, you know, all the perspectives and the concern that was raised. I also feel like, you know, I mean, and then it's not my place, but just my mm-hmm. personal opinion. I mm-hmm. wasn't personally offended. I don't, I mean, um, I'm not, you know, neither male nor gay, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, to me, I kind of, and, and maybe this is my own ignorance, so I'll own it if that's the case, but I kind of took it as, you know, I understand how how conversation. I've experienced barbershop conversation, mm-hmm, and niggas mm-hmm. cut each other off like and, all and, the time. And and it's not you know I thought you know just like thinking as as far as context and culture was concerned, I could see how Lil Nas X could have been offended, and I could see how he could have not been bothered by it at all, just because you know just growing up in that dynamic, mm-hmm. like you know in certain certain homes, you know we talk all over each other. That doesn't mm-hmm. make it right, doesn't excuse it. But I'm just saying, like, I think, you know, I mean, I think the that we should acknowledge that, that it was a variation in perception, how people receive the comments mm-hmm. and and the the backlash that um that you know happened as a result of, you know, you know, everyone responding. But it was like, for me, it, it was it was shocking to see how in, you know, less than than a, a 36 hour period we went to we went from praying for Kevin Hart and his family to frying him that was that was very Yo, interesting to see it would be like it would be people would be responding to the articles you know Kevin Hart got three fractured whatever whatever and people would be like that new McDonald's chicken sandwich is flames and i was like oh my god what is going on i didn't know what was happening and then i saw and i will say maybe i mean this is just me giving him the benefit of the doubt i don't know Maybe he was asking why it's a big deal because he's trying to show like we maybe we shouldn't be paying so much attention to people, you know, how people identify themselves. Maybe he was trying to show like, oh, well, it's not a big deal. So like, I I don't understand why saying it like that. I think maybe. Right. I don't know. However, again, if it's not your experience and you're not fully trying to maybe he was trying to understand. Maybe that's why he asked. But if you're not trying to understand, it's just your job to respect it. And that's on multiple issues is what I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I will say, like, to me, little Nas X hasn't come forward saying that he was bothered, offend, offended, felt silenced, or what have you. I really like that young man. Um, I, I don't feel... I, and then Kevin Hart, you know, is is trying to, you know, get his health back. So, I mean, I think there's <laughs> more conversation that needs to be had. I think a lot of the reactions are mm-hmm. based on people's own perceptions and mm-hmm. the way that they receive Kevin Hart's comments, which mm-hmm. is fine and fair and all open for, and, you know, up for grabs in terms mm-hmm. of, like, social commentary and how mm-hmm. we respond to things. Um, but I think the conversation is one that is really nuanced and layered um, and complicated. Agreed. And Agreed. it's okay for us to, you know, be on different sides of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay for us to just kind of, like, sit back and listen to what folks have to say. Like, you know, I fully agree with everything you said about acknowledging, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody's experience. Um, But I do feel like we do need to create spaces where we can have those kinds of difficult conversations and make people feel safe enough to express their ignorance without without feeling like, you know, you know, they're going to be crucified, you know, because we all have to come to a place where we can talk about these things in productive ways. And sure, one could argue that Kevin Hart should know better, but mm-hmm. he don't. <laughs> like, he don't. He, he and I doesn't, mean, sometimes niggas, niggas are just simple. And I'm not, again, not excusing him, but I just feel like at what point do, uh, at what point are we, um, you know, just, you know, vilifying and frying and canceling people for the sake of canceling them? Um, or are, are we having, are, are we, you know, raising points so that we can kind of move the conversation forward mm-hmm. um, and, and help help us all to be in better positions to, you know, talk about these things mm-hmm. in, you know, respectful ways across the board. So I don't know. I think there's a lot more conversation to be had. Kia and I actually discussed today. We want to have a conversation about that in the future, in the, in the soon future, in the upcoming future. And we just have to see, you know, how things continue to unfold. In the future, <laughs> in the future, future. So um, I think it's a good conversation for us to have because cancel culture is definitely a thing. And um, I'm not saying nobody has a right or they don't have a right, but we definitely need to uh, we do need to have we do need to create a space in order to have difficult conversations because every conversation is not going to be easy. Everybody's not going to agree, but we do need to have them as long as they can be productive. Absolutely. So, fact of the matter is we're all steeped in problematic ideologies. Mm-hmm. We're all steeped in anti-blackness and anti-whiteness and, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, not anti-whiteness, anti-blackness mm-hmm. and white supremacy and all kinds of problematic um, beliefs and, you know, problematic, uh, you know, gender, you know, gender norms and, and, you know, sexual, you know, norms around sexuality um, mm-hmm. and sexual expression, those kinds of things. It's like, we we just sometimes we just don't know what we don't know until we know that we don't know it. Right. Right. So, it becomes a problem when you when you don't want to know and you continue to make nasty right. comments about it. But right. we do need to have those conversations because there are we'll get into that. We're gonna get we're gonna get it. We're about to have a whole kitchen table talk. <laughs> I know. But let's move on to our shout out. Okay. That's our trash. So our shout out this week is actually for Beverly Bond, um, creator of Black Girls Rock, which aired this weekend. Um, Did you have a chance to watch this? I did. I uh, I didn't get a chance to finish watching it, but I Mm -hmm. saw a good, I would say a good two thirds of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw Niecy Nash. I saw the openers. (sighs) I saw um, the opening act, you know, all the 
you know, Crystal Waters and mm-hmm. C.C. Pennison. Um, I saw uh, uh, Ari Lennox perform. I Ooh, saw... In her um, boudoir outfit. It was so good. Like, it was yes. really, really good. And we just always stand Beverly Bond and the spaces that she creates to celebrate all the dynamic, wonderful aspects of being a Black girl, mm. um, doing awesome Black girl things and influencing the world. Um, it was really dope. It was really dope. It was very, very dope. And um, her speech, but Angela Bassett's speech, <laughs> that lady right there is living magic. She is. She is living magic. And literally the epitome of drink your water, mind your business, like and moisturize did. your skin. <laughs> like, like legitimately. Personified. I mean, um, she looks, she still looks like Nisi said, like she still looks like she did in Stella, How Stella Got Her Groove Back. And like we like that that movie is a good 15 years old. Is, is. And Tay Diggs still can't act. Um oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't care. I said what I said. But Beverly Bond did she made a beautiful speech. Angela made a beautiful speech. Um her made a really nice speech. She she such a talented young lady too. Yeah. It was just a really it was a really nice show. And shout out to Cheska Lee. Um, Absolutely, shout out to Cheska Lee. Shout out to Cheska Lee. She invited me over to watch the same, to watch the Black same, Girls same, Rock. Same. And had a bunch of beautiful black women in the room and was a was a huge consultant for the show. So shout out to her, Black Girls who are actually rocking. Yes, indeed. She, she's part of our shout. So Black Girls Rock is our shout out this week. Absolutely. And shout out to Cheska Lee. We're uh, just, I mean, so dope. She's like, you know, she shared a story on Instagram, how she went from, you know, sharing a moment with Nisi Nash on the red carpet to writing for her for Black Girls Rock. So it was just like a full circle moment about like, you know, how you, you continue to keep your head down and, and, and do your work and grind. Mm. You know, you'll reap the benefits can actually come true, like like real time, real life. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it was just really encouraging and awesome. Um, and I'm sorry that I couldn't make it up to New York to watch it uh, with you guys. But oh, I, sis, it was I a Sunday night. That, I get it. <laughs> I know, child. You know, I had to be at my desk on Monday morning. But God bless. And you know, in the future, you know, I'm hoping that you know maybe next year I can come. Well, maybe next year we'll be there. Oh, wouldn't that be cute? Oh, let's speak that into existence. <laughs> maybe next year we will be there. And there will be new representation. Um, I know there was a discussion around a lack of um trans representation uh at the black at black girls rock so it would be nice to see next year i'm not going to do any bashing or anything right now um of how it was done because how i i thought it was beautiful but it would be nice if we continue to let it grow and let the inclusion flow in and and that we include all of our black girls so and and maybe next year getting grown will be in the building so let's speak that into existence but let's move on to our kitchen table talk let's do it Support for today's show comes from Third Love. With more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes, Third Love designs bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Y'all know how we feel. Me and Kia talk very often. I know you're probably about sick of us talking about our titties. They're so good. But the fact of the matter is the right titty's bigger than the left titty. One's a fist, one's an open hand. They're all different. <laughs> everything's, everything's different. Third love makes sure that there is a bra for each and every one of us, whether our titties are asymmetrical or what have you. This is hands down the most comfortable bra you'll own with straps that won't slip and tagless labels, not to mention 
lightweight, super thin memory foam cups that mold to your shape and are proprietary to third love. Best of all, every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it and third love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash grown now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash grown for 15% off today. Support for today's show comes from Scentbird. With Scentbird, I found a way to mix up my fragrance routine without breaking the bank. Whether it's Tom Ford, Gucci, Dolce & Gabbana, or Versace, Scentbird.com keeps me smelling amazing month after month. So everybody knows that I love to smell edible. Mm-hmm. It's just important to me. It's a priority. It's a personal value of mine. Um, Scentbird sent me uh, five amazing fragrances, and I can just literally pick my pleasure every day. I can smell like you know, uh, just just your daddy's, just your daddy's wet dream, um, <laughs> and it is just it is just my favorite thing ever because you know I just love it and I don't have to come out of my pocket uh hundreds of dollars I can just and I have it I can carry my little cute little scentbird flask in my purse so when I'm traveling or on the go uh, my favorite scents so far are definitely Versace and Tom Ford um, I just be smelling like everything and you should mm. be jealous scentbird is a luxury fragrance subscription service for perfumes and colognes you simply choose the cologne or perfume you want to try from more than 450 designer brands and they'll send you a 30-day supply. That's 120 sprays, enough to apply more than four times daily for just one month. And with an exclusive offer, offer just for our listeners, you can get 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 for your first fragrance. All you got to do is go to Scentbird dot com slash grown and use our code grown for 50% off your first month. Again, that's scentbird, S-C-E-N-T bird.com slash grown offer code grown to get your first perfume or cologne for just seven American dollars and 50 cents. Sign on and smell amazing. Mm. All right. All right. All right. It's time to uh, grab your snacks. Mm. And your shade and meet us <laughs> at the kitchen table for our weekly discussion. Um, this week, uh, I wanted to just kind of tackle millennial myths mm. because I was out this weekend. I'm not even going to say where I was, but because, you know, you hear them all the time in all different places. But, you know, I was at an, at an event and uh, an old, someone from an older generation made a mm -hmm. sweeping kind of comment or generalization about millennials. Mm -hmm. And per usual, it was both loud and wrong. <laughs> and um, it, it really inspired me. I mean, because it was stated with such a level of authority and expertise that, mm. I mean, you know, to the untrained ear, mm -hmm. you might think that this individual knows what he was talking about. Howsoever, mm. <laughs> mm. Um, you know, it didn't take much, you know, questioning for me to discover that he did not. So it made me start to think because it's, you know, it fascinates me. This is something that happens very frequently. People kind of throw this word millennial at all all kinds of issues, all kinds of occurrences. And it's like, 
Why is that? Like all things, like we cannot blame all of the issues of the world on mm-hmm. the millennials, um, especially because, you know, the millennials is but one of of maybe, let's say, four living generations on this planet. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wanted us to talk about I mean, I thought it would be just be interesting because, you know, we made me start thinking about like, what are some of the crazy things that people say about millennials? Um, and, you know, I did some digging around the internet and saw that there were some kind of active millennial myths, but, you know, you know, given, we know that mainstream media doesn't always acknowledge the experience of folks of color and other marginalized Mm -hmm. identities. So I I thought I took to the interwebs to ask my sisters and and brothers and, and cousins and nephews and nieces, what are some of the things that they have heard throughout their life and time? around, you know, what people have to say about being a millennial. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got quite a range of responses. But one that first asked you, because I know you've been running around being a mom all day. Thank you. (laughs) But uh, what are some of the things that you have heard people say about millennials? And um, how has that made you feel? Well, actually, what's funny is I have a tweet um, in my mentions that you might have seen, which basically sums up my opinion. Okay. And it says, and this is from, um, let's see, I want to make sure I give our dope cage with a K. Okay. And he says, I loathe the very word millennial. Apparently we're all lazy crybabies who spend too much time (laughs) protesting social justice issues. (laughs) And that's, that's how I feel about being a millennial. That's how I feel. like I I actually hate the word millennial because of all of the negativity that's surrounded in it. People have com- have used it as kind of like a wastebasket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of like a, a, a end all be all kind of term. Yes. And I mean just a little digging around the Google will very will will quickly bring you to some data, some actual um mm-hmm. proof and evidence. That mm-hmm. that our generation, the millennial generation, is in fact no different than any of the the um, generations that have that have preceded us. So, just for the mm-hmm. good of the order, uh, I got loads of tweets. I, I even posted it on Instagram and Facebook, and yes. I've gotten lots and lots of responses. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'll, I have some favorites that I'll share, but by and large, I kind of summarize them into these kind of major categories. Mm-hmm. That I'll that I'll go through and just kind of share, and then I found some um, actual proof, some actual uh, stats and things on the internet that oh. off that actually debunk a lot of these claims. Oh, fascinating! I cannot wait to hear. <laughs> oh, oh, if I may say quickly too, I feel like millennials range. You know what I'm like? Oh, I, girl, that's I'm like that's y'all got to stop. Okay, you know one. what? I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> go ahead, sis. Jump, go go ahead. oh man okay 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 the first one is millennials are not young not not really millennials are are not young no we are we are not young at all in fact uh the youngest millennial okay so actually there's a lot of debate and variation there's a wide range of opinion around who is even considered a millennial Mm -hmm. generally the range um is you know folks Born between the years 1980 and 1996. Right. However, in 2017, the Pew Research Center reported that millennials were actually folks born between 1977 and 1992. 
In either case, in either case, um, so like in the case of, of folks born in 1996, that would make the youngest millennial 24 years old. Okay. Which is very uh, different from which myself. Which is very different from myself also, mm-hmm. but it's also very different from someone who is like traditional college going age. So someone right. who's 24 is not someone who's 17 or 18. Mm-mm. Um there may not be a huge difference between the two, but there is a difference. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, especially I find this quite frequently in church, like we kind of group millennials in ways that are are not fair. Like, you know what I'm saying? And right. Especially if we go by Pew Research's definition of the millennial that said the oldest millennial was born in 1977, that would make him or her 42 years old, which would in fact make these college age, like traditional college age, Children, these Mm -hmm. 18 to 23 year olds, you can honestly be like your mom could be a millennial. Right. And y'all out here, you know, regarding this large, massive group of people (laughs) in in the same ways. And it's just not right. Like it's like anybody who's young and uses technology. (laughs) Yes, It's like, oh, you millennials, you millennials and your phones. And it's like, first of all, no. First of all, the saints love Facebook. Y'all, y'all oh. be on your phones more than anybody. So let's start there. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. So y'all uh, love to scroll and check in. Simply Neek um, tweeted. She said, first things first, I would like them to get the generation straight. Straight. These 16 and 70 year olds ain't nobody's millennial. Thank you very much. Thank you, Simply Neek, sis. Like, that's it. <laughs> um, Thank you very yeah, much. We, that, like, like, these kids legitimately like no one in high school and no one who is an undergraduate is a millennial. No. Y'all got to cut that out. Like, you really do. And they weren't it. raised the same as us. We come from a time we remember the world without social media. Right. We went through the age that they are right now. We did not have social media during that time. Maybe we had a uh, we had MySpace and um yeah, I think that was about and it. Like Facebook Black didn't Planet. even come in. And Black Planet. But it wasn't what it is today. The pressures, the the exposure, the amount of exposure, it's not the same. And so I feel that it's very unfair to loop persons like us, ranging from, you know, 77, whatever, to 90, whatever. These people who have lived, it's not fair to group us in with the rest of them. It ain't. These kids are different and we ain't them. <laughs> Right. And not to judge them, even though no. that seems like, you know, <laughs> easy to do sometimes, yeah. but not to judge mm-hmm. them. But still, like, you know, we just we need to be more. Con- hopefully, I hope that that folks will be more cognizant of mm-hmm. that fact. Right. Because mm-hmm. I'm grown, grown. Because so I'm grown. The way the way that people kind of talk about millennials in these like dismissive ways and patronizing mm-hmm. ways. It's like, don't disrespect me, bro. I'm grown. Also, we um, we're grown and most of the things that are happening outside of the social media, but like a lot of the behaviors like you like you mentioned earlier Mm. are not different from what the youth was doing maybe in the 70s or the 80s. Totally wrong. I mean, like like totally like you're totally right. brother. So. That was the next kind of general mm-hmm. theme. It was like millennials. The the every like almost every response that I got to the to either the tweet or the Instagram, um, and I did a po- did a questions poll in my stories. 
everyone said, you know, the, the, the most common myth that they are tired of is that millennials are lazy and entitled especially with respect to career and professional endeavors. Mm -hmm. We're often accused of career hopping, expecting early promotion, skipping the steps and lacking the work ethic that's required to kind of progress through the professional ranks in traditional ways. When in actuality, it's been found that millennials don't work. It's not that we don't work hard. We just work differently. And oftentimes we work smarter. Um, and, and we are able to multitask in ways that prior generations don't have a concept of. Mm-hmm. Um, and they deem our capacity to do multiple things at once as a lack of focus. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, in all actuality, we came, our generation is the generation of multiple tabs. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, we have you're right. multiple tabs. We have multiple tabs. We have multiple applications running in our minds at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as such, yeah, you know, that's just that's just how we function. Um, but millennials are lazy. That that is a big myth. Um, a I wish somebody would call me lazy. Like legit. Like we're going to fight these like and I mean, studies show and I mean, not even just studies, but even my Twitter poll, people mm-hmm. were saying, you know, I got three jobs and I'm in school uh, or I'm raising I'm raising these kids and going to school and working a job or, you know, all everyone's got. We live in, in the time of the side hustle. So mm-hmm. it's like they're actual like proof, like, you know, people in the time on the timelines, like saying there's no way that I could be considered lazy given all that I do. And even like, you know, as actual statistics that show it says the millennials are the most competitive, most competitive mm-hmm. employees of prior generations, mm. especially when compared to baby boomers. So 58 percent of millennials said that they compare their performance with their peers. Um, as as against for forty eight percent of other generations, and that was reported in the Economist. So it's like millennials have have a, a a drive that prior generations, like Generation X or the Baby Boomers, don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and as far as like, um, I think our our willingness, we we also are don't feel like we're boxed in to mm-hmm. the to doing things a certain kind of way. Um, so we don't feel like we are we we don't we don't have certain allegiance or obligation to kind of taking the traditional steps of a career, like working from, you know, working our way up. We kind of bounce around in ways that, that other people don't understand. And that really leads people to, to talk about us, you know, out of time. I think one of the, one of the pros that I feel is that um, millennials are really focused on where it can be viewed as flakiness or flightiness within jobs, like you were saying, because it's not the traditional climbing of the ranks, Mm -hmm. you know, putting in your time, retiring from the job that you started when you were 18 or what have you, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like one of the pros is that it's not that it's flakiness or flightiness. I think what we're trying to do is we're, we're, we're the generation that's focused on not settling. And so, and we're open to trying different things, open to change, Mm -hmm. open to change. And so we're trying to find that 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 those things that fulfill us cuz we it's important that we're we're talking so much about fulfillment about um about mental health about emotional health how we can properly take care of ourselves breaking generational um breaking generational uh what's the word sis we've talked about it before generational um, curses or like you yeah know, generational curses breaking generational curses so there are those pros where we are really focused on being fulfilled as people, whereas maybe 
some of our 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 elders, our gener- our Gen Xers, our baby boomers, we're scared to try new things. And now so they look at us as flaky and flighty because we'll go and try new things. And that's not fair to group that in and call us lazy be- or call us flaky or flighty because we'll do that. People right. don't want to sit up in the same job if they're not happy, happy with it. Like, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to stay at a place that you're unhappy with for 25, 30 years? That right. just doesn't make sense to me. Absolutely. What else you got? This one was a good one. Millennials are too PC. Me, um, meaning that, uh, so like saying that we are, uh, we advocate, we're activists and advocate for civil rights and we don't just go along to get along mm-hmm. in ways that, um, that prior generations have. So we, we buck back, we, mm-hmm. we buck convention, um, opposed to, uh, we are, we're inherently opposed to problematic ideologies. We're not afraid mm-hmm. to ask why or question traditions, practices, or conventional thoughts that are marginalizing mm-hmm. um, and that may be based in unethical, immoral, or unjust beliefs. So we don't just like, and I think that that as a result, um, it's really easy for people to say that we like, like, like the quote that you, I mean, like the tweet that you read, like we're, you know, we're lazy and we're too busy uh, being advocates and, and activists um, that we, that we don't, mm. and we like the focus that's required to, you know, you know, I guess keep, keep our jobs and take care of our families. Um, and people say that that makes us too politically correct. We're too mm-hmm. concerned with those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, we, we do want to get into a conversation about that and I don't want to go too much into it because we want to have a kitchen table talk about it. Um, I'm not going to completely disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I'm not going to look, it's not a bad thing yeah, for I us think to that, be a I PC think, culture. I think that there has to be balance, right? Exactly. There, exactly. We, we don't want to lean too far on either one of these things. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, you have to have, it's about having, having balance, but I interrupted you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine, sis. I, um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a f- super fine line because, while you have PC culture, while you call you may call it PC culture, I think one thing that we're focused on, like you said, is is trying to make sure that we respect those of mar- you know those in marginalized communities. We're you know we are black women. We're part of a marginalized community, and then you've got our LGBTQIA community. You, we, we've got a whole plethora of a whole plethora of things that we need to we need to understand better. And it's good that we are trying to learn one another a lot more where I think you can get in a little bit of trouble is not having the patience for people who were not necessarily raised like that. Or cause a lot of this, if you think about it, a lot of, of, of this speaking out and really educating has been very vocal in, in like the last several years so people are still trying to understand a lot of things. And I think allowing the patience for those who are trying to understand is something that we might need to work on a bit as opposed to just writing people off when they don't fully understand. Now, if you've got people who are willingly ignorant, you know, they're they're willing to be ignorant. They say negative 
in ignorant things and they don't want to understand, that's when it's like, all right, we need to have a conversation with you about, you know, like that's, you, you don't have, or maybe you don't have to have a conversation with a person like that because they're unwilling to hear your side of things. Right. But I think it is important that we do stop and we, we exercise a little bit of patience when people don't fully understand of former generations or even, even those of us within our generation who don't understand. Now I know we have the stance as black people. Um, I'm using black people as an example where we're like, I don't want to educate white people no more on blackness and why I need to be respected as a person. And I don't think that we should have to continue to explain ourselves on why we should be respected as people of different communities. But we do have to exercise patience for lack of understanding of those communities, if that makes any sense. Uh, Grizzle. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the others. Um, okay. Millennials are fiscally irresponsible. We are poor money managers. We are overspenders and horrible savers, and we are not making major purchases and investments. Uh, this one is particularly annoying to me because I feel like it does not um it does not consider or take into account the fact that you know, like it's not like we're just out here under ideal circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like history and the economy and mm. politics and, you know, the sociopolitical climate of this country has had major implications for how we engage around money. Um, and we cannot not talk about that. Mm-mm. And, uh, you know, furthermore, it's just not true. Like if it's it not. is true for some um, people of this generation, it's not true for all. And it's also can be, you know, if it's the case for millennials, then it's got to be the case for Generation X as well. And mm. it's got to be the case for baby boomers as well. And I mean, if we're going to talk about it, a lot of the problems that we have inherited financially in this day and time, we've inherited them from our parents. I love this um, song. <laughs> <laughs> this, song. <laughs> this song about oh, oh <laughs> this song that you're singing right now. I love it. <laughs> But yeah, it's my jail. That's what made me angry because I'm, you know, and that came up a lot. People are like, you know, people are upset because, um, because we are we're not buying houses. And I'm just like, these are the same people who told us to go to college. These are the same people who, you know, made us put cable bills in our names. When we was eight and nine years old. So, <sighs> so, so, um, you know, <laughs> there are certain things that may keep us from having certain financial freedom, freedoms and liberties that, you know, that they, you know, and we grew up in a different time, like cost of living is expensive. Everything is different now. So it's just not fair to hold this generation responsible for certain things um, without without putting other considerations on the table. That's all. Sis. Sis, it's fun. thank you for bringing that up. You said it earlier. You talked about the the finance the the economy being different than maybe those of baby boomers and Gen Xers. I when I lived in Bedsty several years ago, mm-hmm. a one bedroom, a standard one bedroom apartment, where the going rate was around fifteen hundred dollars. This was also a jump because I remember when it was twelve. Yes, indeed. I recently found out that the going rate for a one bedroom apartment in Bed-Stuy now, minimum $2,300. Gotta be. So you cannot tell 
the generation below you who you raised, first of all, and taught money management to, because I do feel like a lot of us, and it's also dangerous to lump people all into one thing and say, right. this is what everybody's doing. But there's a, a lot of people right now who are teaching and trying to understand financial literacy because of how we were raised. But if you go strictly into cost of living, bruh, $2,300 minimum right now, what do you ex- how what do you expect niggas to do? <laughs> like, mean, what do you much. expect them to do? Look at what how much things are going for and buying in New York. If you want to buy something for five hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars, you got to go way out into Canarsie. You got to go out into Canarsie or into East Flatbush, and even those prices are raising constantly every single day. You want to buy a place in Bedside? It's gonna cost you one point three, one point five right now. No way. How in the world are people supposed to eat and and raise families and talk about generational wealth when the economy and the government is not making it easy for us to do so? So that's not fair. And again, like you said, bottom line, y'all niggas taught us. Absolutely. So a lot of us are trying to or didn't teach us. So a lot of us are trying to learn or unlearn bad habits. Anyway continue it's a lot it's really <laughs> just a lot to think about um you know just i mean and just to kind of give the other side of things i saw um a, a post i think it was washington post or one of the other local outlets here in the districts that that said if you want to live comfortably um and let's say you wanted to live comfortably in a two-bedroom apartment you and your partner or you you know in a roommate or just you if mm-hmm. you if you wanted to be able to afford a two bedroom apartment in Washington DC you needed to make at least $140,000 per year um like that needed to be your annual salary in order to live comfortably in a, not in a house but in mm. a two bedroom to rent a two bedroom apartment you need to be well into the six figures in your salary so i mean just to kind of you know we cannot not talk about you know, financial constraints or financial irresponsibilities. People really ride that whole, you know, we're the Starbucks generation and we spend this kind of money on coffee. People really ride that. And I'm not going to say that that's not true, but, no. you know, that's not, we, we're not not buying houses because of Starbucks. No, we're, we're not. We're not, we're not, we're not not buying houses because of some, some of a lot of other <laughs> different factors at, you know, that are in play um, mm-hmm. that are of, of our own, fault or of our own, you know, personal circumstance or condition, but also, you know, we got to talk about like issues of redlining and like the mortgage crisis of, of, you know, last generation and the implications Mm -hmm. of that. So we can't like, like, it's just not fair to just to, you know, you know, make these kind of sweeping generalizations, even like, you know, at, at, at church yesterday, we was talking about, I'm, you know, they're, they're doing a workshop on like, you know, how to, you know, how, do you want to be a billionaire? And it's for mm-hmm. the millennials. Um, and I'm like, that's all well and good. And I really hope that, you know, while you're out here helping, you know, young people to understand how to, uh, you know, be positioned to make this kind of money. I mm-hmm. hope that that is also coupled with information around how to keep mm. that kind of money. Hello. They don't want to hear that kind of preaching, though. Good morning. They don't, <laughs> but y'all don't hear me, though. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> uh, all right. Millennials are anti-family. Um, or we don't have traditional family values. I think that that's absolutely fair to say. And we don't like to commit in, relation, in relationships. I, that br- brings me to your prior point about our uh, unwillingness to settle. Mm-hmm. I think we're okay being single for longer. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. 
Um, and I think that that's, that's not healthy. a bad thing. Yeah, I think <laughs> because I mean, I think if that, the, the converse is looking at the divorce rates of, of prior generations. Um, so, or I mean, you know, the outside families, or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it begs the question of just think of, of a broader of the need for us to just kind of have broader conversations and reconceptualize notions of family in the first place, right? Like, mm. what it means to be in relationship, what it means to be in partnership. Because what I'm finding in my life is that a lot, a lot of times we have different concepts of what these things mean, mm -hmm. even as far as like it's dating and relationships and, and parenting, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. people grow up thinking that it means a certain thing to be with someone, to be in considered a family. And we just be um, out here making these assumptions about one another. Like, you know, you, and we're not asking the right questions or having, having conversation like deep enough we're um, not because if we if we want to go toe to toe and you have a, a baby boomer who come well y'all got all of this polyamory or <laughs> you can't settle down and find nobody well y'all niggas had two and three families so right. maybe that's why there was so many goddamn kids running around the planet because niggas was stepping out and didn't have nobody to expose it you was just house hopping we call <laughs> it different things right you mm -hmm. just call it different things um, kind of like, you know, people talking about the, ten, the teen pregnancy crisis. And it was like, you know, our grandmothers, they was getting knocked up early, too. They was just, you know, having babies down south. Child, my grand, down my south. grandmother got pregnant at 16 years old. It's I just, mean, she was got married at 16 years old. We just call things different. They're just different. They are. Um, but they're the same. Millennials are soft or emotional. Um, you know, we're, we have lots of feelings and I, I see that differently as this, you know, millennial. This is because of recent trends in self-care and exactly. mental health care and overall yep. wellness and, yep. you know, our capacity and willingness to acknowledge our stress and trauma yep. and and the me mental and emotional wear and tear of being a person in this crazy world. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. And if that makes me over emotional and soft, then goddamn it, that's what I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> and none of you can, y'all still can't beat me, so I'm not worried. You're not gonna make me feel bad because you used to go cry in a closet. Hello. You know what I'm saying? And I'm talking about talking to my therapist. I think it's healthy that people are having these conversations. I think more people telling other people, I'm not okay. I'm not okay either. Let's see how we can be Listen. okay together. Or let's see how we can support each other while we're trying to be okay in individually but you all feel away because you had to go cry in the bedroom and you couldn't do it, or you felt like you couldn't do it in front of nobody because you was trying to save face for the family and y'all not finna stress and worry me to death y'all not trying to worry my edges out of my head no. y'all not gonna worry me into hypertension you're not Hell gonna no. worry me into high cholesterol because or you're not gonna work me to plumb death no. okay ain't nobody trying to die at my desk hello Hello and good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all want to do this? You want to do this, baby boomers? Let's do this. <laughs> Let's go. Like, I'm ready. We can go toe for toe. We can. You all have your issues. And it's not fair to put all of the issues in the world right now in one generation. Uh, they said that millennials have killed industries. I think that that is like, you know, us. You know, with delivery uh, services kind of taking the place of restaurants and Netflix taking the place of Blockbuster, we've been accused of killing certain industries. And I'm just like, couldn't you argue that the covered wagon industry uh, was killed by cars? <laughs> I 
like, couldn't you argue, couldn't you argue that, that, you know, um, you know, I mean, every, that's, isn't that just a function of progression? It's the it's a function of progression and the world has continued to progress in so many different ways. Color TV. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, DVD. So what are you going to say? You say they killed the radio. They killed the radio. Like, 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 like there's no more cassette tapes. There's no like and and you could argue the MP3s have killed CDs. Like, isn't this just a function of us moving forward? It is. Um, So I don't know why, you know, that's not nice. Whatever. I Y'all just don't know how to work your phones and you're mad. I mean, <laughs> and your font is at 42. It's a, sorry. But I'm not judging because I'm on my way. <laughs> Same. Trying to Same. Before I hopefully get these LASIKs together. Sometimes um, I can't work my phone. But. <laughs> absolutely. Because uh, I call XD all the time to be my tech support. Oh, XD is so many things for me. <laughs> honestly. Truly. <laughs> um, and the last one, uh, millennials are selfish. Um, more individualistic than collectivistic in nature. Um, people have accused us of being self-centered and only worried about ourselves and not really being committed to family or community. And I don't, I just don't buy that. Cause I feel like this is what this show is all about because I could be in the bed, sleep, could, could. but I'm worried, you know what I said? But I feel like it's important for us to create these spaces uh, where we can kind of hash these things out. Um, so, I mean, I just wanted to just kind of get these things out in the air. I thought it would mm-hmm. make for some good conversation. You guys were really dope and sending all manner of wonderful tweets and responses to my question today. And I would love to just continue, you know, for us to just talk about these things and, you know, unpack, um, you know, this, these myths. How do we combat them? How do we make sure that that we um, keep things in balance and have balanced perspectives about these things? And mm-hmm. to be fair, how do we make sure that we don't uh, treat the future generation like we've been treated? I know I might have a bad <laughs> habit of doing certain, doing and saying certain things. <laughs> I'm already, you know, you I'm know, be I'm mindful. Good. I'm all good for talking about these kids. So this, I know, is, same. It does help me to kind of be more mindful of that and and to be a, a little bit, you know, just to be better. You're right. Be better. It's 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 a check. We need to be aware. Yes, indeed. and we need to check ourselves and make sure that we are not growing into the same bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> and saying some of the some of the same uh, hurtful things instead of building up the next generations and being grateful for what they're going to do for our society to help it to progress forward as well. Absolutely. I think that was a wonderful conversation. That was a good kitchen table talk, sis. Hooray. And now we got honesty backs to get into. Show do. Are you trying to do it all flawlessly and you just end up tired or beating yourself up over little things? Yes. Do you fear you might fail all the time? Break away from the cult of perfection with Reshma Shajani as by subscribing and listening to the Brave Not Perfect podcast. Reshma is the founder and CEO of Girls Who Code, author of the international bestseller Brave Not Perfect and first Indian American woman to run for Congress. Her TED talk about teaching girls bravery has resonated with people across the globe and has 5 million views. This season of Brave Not Perfect is all about everyday bravery, the small but meaningful ways women can be brave in our daily lives. Because bravery isn't about slaying dragons and it's not something you're born with, as Reshma explains, bravery is a habit you form. She wants to help you build that muscle so when it really matters, you're ready to take on life's challenges. To fear less, fail more, and live with more joy, 
Tune into Brave Not Perfect with Resma Shajani. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening right now. Honestly? Truly. All right. So we have an honesty box, and our listener gave us her own pseudonym. All right. So we're going to get started. She says, hey, cousins. Hey. You all can call me La. I love you all. Tr- truly a gift to the new adults like me. Oh. After graduate, oh, look at that. Look at how that ties right on there. <laughs> After graduation, I started working at a nonprofit agency. Okay. And my 90 day review, everything went well. No real concerns. I was asked if I wanted to change programs as the person in the current program will be on maternity leave and can't find someone. I asked if it was because I'm not doing a good job at program A. I was told, no, I'm doing a good job. I was given a few days to think about it. When I let my supervisor know that I wanted to stay in program A, I was nicely told that I didn't really have a choice. It's either that or I was quitting. So I chose to do program B. Program A is the age range I'd like to work with in my career as a social worker. Program B is a younger age range that I don't fully feel comfortable with, but figured I'd have to work with at some point. They plan on hiring someone for program A later on. I can't tell if it's because they need someone that bad or I suck at my job. Is it wrong of me to ask what I did wrong in program A or do I just take my L and keep it bumping? If I do ask, should I wait to ask in some months or can I ask now? I don't want to be the new kid that thinks they're great, but in reality, their work is subpar. I just want constructive criticism from my supervisor. Sorry for this being so long. I look forward to hearing you all's input. Thanks for the help, La. Okay. Um, La. I think it's dope that you're looking for constructive criticism and wanting to get better. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's something that you could be faulted for. Um, but I, 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 the fact that they told you one thing and did another gives me great pause. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I just wonder, like, you know, what that's about. Like, mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's as if someone was being dishonest with you. Right. And, and that makes me, you know, cautious. And I hate I, false choices. Absolutely. And I fate mm-hmm. that ultimately like there was an ultimatum. It was like, mm-hmm. you, you have to do this or you don't have a job anymore. Um, that being said, I do feel like it is a question that can be asked, but mm-hmm. I would wait. I would wait a little while, fill it out. And I would try. And, and during that time, I would be very observant and trying to identify who to ask. Right. Um, and if, if, if your supervisor was the person who said that you, you know, had a choice, but then said you didn't have a choice, you know, I'm, I'm a little reticent to say that that person is the person, but if that's the only person, then it may be about trying to figure out when's the right time to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I would wait it out a little bit. Um, and just, you know, be observant, pay attention, um, and trust your gut. You know, because yeah. I mean, we we when you have feelings about things and people, your intuition, um, you know, really doesn't steer you wrong usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think if it was me, I think that's what I would do. What do you say, sis? I say the same thing. Um, wait it out a little bit because the thing about it is, you never. Now I'm not gonna say you never know somebody's intentions for you, but again, use your signs. Observe what's going on around you. And if you see that a person like if this person gave you a choice and then you said you were going to take this choice and up, oh, nope, well, actually, you have to do this, then you might want to be a little weary of them. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I don't 
I know it, it can be problematic to step on your supervisor's toes and go above their head. That's never that that's never warrants anything good. But sometimes you need to do so in order to find out what's going on. Like Kia said, I agree with you. I would take a little time, um, kind of see what you need to observe who you're dealing with. You need to observe what's going on around you. And that sometimes reacting immediately um, is not always the best thing. So I would wait it out a little bit, you know, do the best you can in the program that you're in for the time being. And then as time goes on, then you can, you can ask for an evaluation. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with you asking for an evaluation or for things that you can improve upon, especially if you're trying to do a, a, you know, trying to do the best job that you possibly can. Um, but I would, I would agree with Kia. I would wait it out just a little bit, kind of see what's going on and then feel you'll kind of feel if you use your intuition you'll feel what the best move is from there and it might not be you at all right it might be uh, you might, it might be other things it might be other other factors in play that you may not be aware of at this mm-hmm. time it may be somebody protecting you from something could so be. before you it could be i'm just saying just take some time to just kind of get a lay of the land mm-hmm. and and try to be objective in in figuring you know just understanding the context around the, the circumstances that you're in um, mm-hmm. and, and getting and trying to get some understanding from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe some other people that, you know, at play, um, you know, maybe some other people that you might be able to ask other than your supervisor. So it's just, I just feel like you need more information mm-hmm. um, before you do anything. So that's what I would say. And as the new person, you always have to take a step back and kind of watch for a little while. Because people will reveal themselves in positions. Yeah, learn people the culture reveal, of the place. Learn you the culture learn of culture. your work environment. Yeah. That is super important. Super important. So I hope that was helpful, La. Um, I do too, sis. Please keep us updated and let us know how things pan out for you. And 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 as you you know may see some changes and maybe you will step forward and ask. Maybe you'll you'll figure out some things within your work environment on how to handle it a different way. But please keep us updated regardless. And for our listeners, continue to send your honesty box questions to getting grown podcast at gmail.com. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey. All right, it's Petty Peeves time. I think I'm prepared. Okay. Um, so, uh, where do I begin? Um, I, I don't like nervous drivers. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, oh. Especially, like, in close quarter situations. So, mm. in the parking garage in my building. Um, there's an entry door and an exit door. Um, unfortunately, um, uh, there's a good, there's, you know, oftentimes at least one of the doors is broken, which means that you have to enter and exit out of the same door, mm-hmm. which means that we have to all elicit the skills that we <coughs> learned as kindergartners <laughs> in terms of waiting your turn, right? Wow, that's so simple. I mean, but you would think that this is, you know, rocket science. Uh, so naturally, um, you have to kind of like give, uh, people coming off the street, the right of way Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're coming off the street. Like, so, you know, so I'm coming into the garage today after work and the young lady 
is coming out and I know that she sees me and she sees the lights from my car. Um, but she pulls all the way up, like, like she pulls all the way up to the door and like, you know, she's pulled, she, so she's right in front of the door that's broken. Mm -hmm. I'm coming in the door that's working Mm -hmm. and she's going to turn into the door, but she's not giving me enough space to pass through. So I'm looking at her like, sis, you got to let me by. And I could (laughs) see the panic on her face. And I'm just, I I have no idea. I'm just like, (laughs) I don't believe that I'm being threatening or like, I'm literally just looking at her like, I am unable to continue to drive unless you move your car. And she's like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm just like, you got to back up. (laughs) And, And I mean, like, she was just so frazzled. And I'm like, it would be one thing if we were driving fast or if there was cars behind her but it's just she and I and I'm just you know either way I was very 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 annoyed and had to lock myself into the car to keep from getting out and actually approaching her because I want I was so frustrated in that moment like sis I can't move until you move wow our petty peeves are so similar this week I was angry I I get irritated with that too when people are when they're getting on the on the highway and they don't just get on. I'm like, why are you taking so damn long? to? Do, do you realize that you're causing more of a disruption when you inch out as opposed to just going? Nobody's saying go with reckless abandon, but go, nigga. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my petty peeve. Okay. <laughs> that was just uh, that was just in unison with yours. My petty peeve is actually. Um, for a, a specific lady this week, y'all, it's back to our Jade tells. Oh my! Y'all know how life goes. So we're on. A, we're getting ready to take Noah to dance, and we we're you know rushing, trying to get trying to get her there. It's the first day, so we get in the car and we're like, "Damn, we need gas." That's all right. We're gonna go right across the street to the gas station. As we're about to pull into the gas station, there's a lady in a Mercedes who's like inching into the gas station and then kind of sitting in the in the driveway. Tristan's like can you just go he beeps the horn a little bit she like inches up and she's inching and we're just trying to get to the pump so we think she's going to pull up to the to the last pump so that we can pull into that one right there very easy right they're both empty my girl stops in the middle of both pumps not so she can get gas but she's planning on parking there so that she can go inside the shop so <coughs> sorry god damn it why that hit me right now so tristan honks at her again can you move up and her window's down so he rolls the window down he's like miss can you pull up to the pump so i can pull to this pump she yells out her window wait a minute <laughs> what no <laughs> so you know me i'm like oh, i'm gosh. sorry what So he's like, he does, he's like, can you pull to the next pump so that we can pull to that pump? You need to be patient. Oh, man. So at this point, you know, I lost it. I'm over it. I get out the car and I'm like, miss, pull up to that pump so we can pull up to this pump. It is not that difficult. There is nobody there. Just move your car up uh, two feet so we can get to this pump right here. 
You need to be more patient like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I saw red at that point. Sis. <laughs> this has tickled me. Okay. Mind you, she got out of the car wearing a cream uh, dress situation with super black, like, decorated stockings and cream what? shoes. Ooh, it was ugly. But anyway... Oh, so she trouble. told me be more patient like Jesus Christ. And Christ, I who is lost this? I lost my mind. Who? I was like, no, I am sick of this shit. <laughs> I was like, you do not get to be an inconsiderate person and an asshole on in behalf of the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, don't not tell me that. That is not fair. I was like, I'm so sick of y'all throwing that shit around so that you can be a terrible person. I was like, if Jesus Christ was right here, I guarantee you he would pulled up to the next pump she's like i'm going to pray for you i'm going to pray for you i'm like i don't want your juju don't pray for me bitch just move up to the next pump i was so i was irritated and i and i say all that to say you don't you don't get to do that don't lie on jesus not on anybody. I don't care if you if you believe in Buddha, Jesus, the Dalai Lama. I don't care. I don't care who it is. I guarantee you, whoever it is, is not giving you a pass to be an asshole to everybody else. That's not what this is about. And if that's what you're using your religion as an excuse for, it's whack. I was like, Jesus Christ is not getting ready to protect you from getting these windows bashed in if you don't move up to the second pump. You need to move up. That's not fair. So that's my petty peeve this week. I don't care who you believe in, but don't use them as a crutch to be to be a terrible person. That's not. And then to tell me that I need to be a patient person and I have a lack of spirituality or what have you because you are deciding to be an asshole on purpose. That's a conversation, though. Like, people have been using using, uh, Jesus specifically in in Christianity. They've been lying on him. I've been saying that for a long time. People have lied on Jesus in such a horrible way. And I just can't wait until he cracked this guy with dreadlocks to his butt. Get y'all together. (laughs) Ooh, he gonna be... I'm just gonna be front and since I'm gonna have me some hot Cheetos and and a a good cold ginger ale. I'm just gonna cross my legs and watch him read y'all for points. I'll be like, let me tell you what I didn't say. Okay, you've been out here lying and saying that it was me. It was not me. I'm just tired of it. Like, you have all these religious groups, and they screaming at people. They dress like a hoe. And you got this person who thinks that they can be an inconsiderate asshole to whoever's around them on behalf of them getting whatever done they need to get done instead of all of us benefiting from just being decent. Like, I'm just tired of people thinking that they can use religion in general to be terrible people. Because that's not what this is about. No, it's not. That's not what it's about. I don't care what anybody believes in. It does not give you an excuse to be a poor human being. And then what's happening is you all are selling the name of your fellows when you do shit like that. That's not right. You're selling the name of your, and you're selling in the name of whoever it is that you believe in because you are then telling somebody else who may not be the believer of what you believe in. You then telling them, well, well, this gives me a pass to be this type of person. No, it don't. And it's not going to give you a pass from getting this back windshield cracked, well, bitch. Jesus. Well, <laughs> on that note, we want to thank you all <laughs> for your time, 
and your attention during mm. this another episode of Getting mm-hmm. Wrong with Jane and Kia. We appreciate mm-hmm. your uh, the community that we are building here. We just have so much fun hanging out with you guys every week, and we are looking forward to continuing to do that in the episodes that will come. Um, yes. In the meantime, in between time, we've got some things that hopefully we'll be able to announce really soon um, mm-hmm. and share uh, what we've got going on to wrap up 2019. Um, but, you know, hopefully we'll be back next week with a really dope show for you all. Um, and until then, we'll just continue, you know, minding the business that pays us. I agree. And in the meantime, in between time, y'all need to be like Angela Bassett. And drink, drink water, water. And moisturize. Why is this? And mind your goddamn business because your black will crack in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't do it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Your black will crack if it's dry That's or if right. you don't pull up to the next gas. And pump. there's nothing dry about Jesus Christ. But bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah.